This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by 2021 Trine alumnus and group sales account executive for the Detroit Tigers, Jackson Billings. In his role with the Tigers, Jackson is responsible for prospecting groups and selling ticket packages for the Tigers. In this episode, Jackson shares how sleeping in a mudroom and pulling tarp for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats helped him develop the grit he needed to be a successful account representative. He also shares his advice for students who want to break into sports. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, joining us on today's show, another one of our esteemed Tri-University Sport Management alums, Jackson Billings with the Detroit Tigers. Jackson, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Brandon. Really glad to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you, especially being one of my former students and one of the first team members of our National Collegiate Sports Sales Championship team. I think we're in our fourth or fifth year of doing that now. And and you and your teammates kind of lead, led the way on that, really. Um, this past year, we had a fourth place finish overall with our team, but you guys were the ones who really kind of started everything. And you've been able to, to parlay that success in the sports sales competition and in your senior capstone class with the KSB outing and um, the sponsorships that you sold for that into a role here with the Detroit Tigers. So um, tell me a little bit, what are you doing with the Tigers? And um, how did you work your way up to a, uh, a position up there in Detroit? So at the moment, I am a uh, group sales account executive here with the Detroit Tigers. I've been with the Detroit Tigers since April of 22. I started with the Illich Sports and Entertainment uh, Company, which is the overseeing body of both uh, the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Red Wings, and 313 Presents in January of 22. But what kind of led me on that path was, in, in total transparency here, it was the NCSSC, the, the sports competition that uh, you know, I was kind of kind of pushed to. Up until that point, I, I quite honestly had aspirations of becoming a police officer, but through you know, different college classes, I found myself succeeding and you kind of pushed me to say, hey, you should give this a shot and thought it was something that I really enjoyed. And then with a the college capstone, capstone class, I had a lot of fun really going out, reaching out to those businesses, making those kind of intro B2B calls. I didn't really know that that's what I was doing at the time, but had a lot of fun doing that and feeling that success at the time and you know, seeing it come to fruition for the KSB Open. It was, it was, it was a great time. You know, you did a, a fantastic job in the capstone. I think you might have sold more sponsorships than I think maybe anybody else that semester. And obviously you were successful in the sports sales championship as well. I think you were probably, a, I know you were maybe in the top 64 or something overall in the country, um, all integrity team. So you had all these three great things going for you, but you also had a really great experience for your internship and it wasn't just the job. I mean, I want you to talk a little bit about that, what you did for your internship, but it was everything that went into it, like the sacrifices you had to make just to work, you know, living 40 miles away and sleeping in a mudroom, which I want you to talk about. You know, I, I we talk about that with students. Sports is so competitive of an yep. industry to work in. So tell us about that internship and just everything that went into it just to get that opportunity to get your foot in the door. Before I worked for the Detroit Tigers, I had reached out to 
a multitude of teams. I had reached out to, quite honestly, I want to say over a hundred teams before I landed my job here with the Detroit Tigers. And the one that, or one of the few that called me back was the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, who are the AA affiliate for the Toronto Blue Jays. I was reached out to one of their former inside sales managers. His name is Brennan Crow. He's a fantastic leader, great guy to work with. And uh, Adam Vogel, who's now one of the directors of training for the Brooklyn Nets. Adam and Brendan both interviewed me and you know, I explained to them, hey, I don't have a plethora of experience working in sports. I've done this project. I worked with the National Collegiate Sports Sales Competition and I absolutely loved it. But what I can give you, despite the experience, is, is work ethic. I'm, I'm going to bust my butt. I'm going to work hard and I, I'm going to give you everything I have. And if you give me the shot, you're never going to tell me I'm not working hard enough at the end of the day. And despite me traveling and having to come all the way out from Indiana to come live in Boston, they were able to take a chance on me. And I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. So I ended up packing my car and I drove from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Woburn, Massachusetts, one of the small towns just outside of Boston. And I worked on a 30 hour a week cap for just above minimum wage mm-hmm. uh, for about four months at the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. And like you were saying, yes, I, I was living in a mudroom with no heat in in winter and it, it was very cold. I was driving about an hour one way to work and all the money that I was making was going towards paying my bills trying to get me to and from work, trying to keep myself fed. So there was not much money left over for fun stuff. And that's kind of the way it is. You know, when you're trying to get your foot in the door in sports, it's it's not all fun and games. I mean, yeah, going out and working the games is a ton of fun. You know, being that close to professional athletes, it's, it's a hoot and a half. If anything, I probably remember the first game I ever worked the best because I'm out there in my full suit and it's it's raining. It is pouring rain. And in minor league baseball, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what role you have. You could be the president of the team. You could be just some guy working on the the ticket office desk. Everybody works the field. You're all trying to make things happen so you can have a game. You're all trying to pull tarp. And that's what we did. We pulled tarp. We covered the field. And I was at left field with, I believe, the director of communications and, and public relations for the team. And we were squeegeeing the grass, trying to dissipate the water, making sure it you know, just kind of settled and you know, drowned into the field. And I just couldn't stop laughing. And he looked at me and he said, why are you laughing so much? And I looked back at him and he said, if my mother see me now dressed in this getup in my good shoes doing this, she'd go ballistic. She'd be furious. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything because not only did it teach me, hey, this is what you have to do. This is some of the things that you might have to do to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But And if you're not willing to do that, maybe this isn't for you. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I talk with students, minor leagues are a great place to start because you get to experience everything. You know, the the Tigers would be where you want to go eventually because it's pro baseball. And, and that's where a lot of students want to be. And, and I understand that and support that. Um, but you're kind of in your role there and, and you work your way to get there. I mean, that's again, that's a great goal. Um, but I think the minor leagues are a great place to start. It's a great place to have a career as well, just because, you know, you've got a hand in everything, um, whether you like it or not, you know, you're pulling tarp in a suit. That's just kind of a part of it. So kind of fast forward to today, 
you know, you talked about kind of the, you know, working in, in your suit and getting rained on and, and playing the field, driving an hour, making calls. What are the traits that make people successful in sales? Like if in, in I guess a double double barreled question on the back end of that, you know, what are the traits that you need to be successful in your role? And when the Tigers are hiring, what are they looking for? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ride the Dan Campbell train here. Um, it, it all comes down to, especially in sales, it, it's a lot of grit. You've got to be able to take, you know, some days you're just not going to have your best days. Some days you're going to have to take tough losses. Just take it off the, take it on the chin, get up, go get a cup of coffee, go, go get a glass of water and come back to your desk and just keep pounding that phone, keep pounding that lead sheet and just keep at it because you never really know when that next call is going to be something big. And as cliche as it sounds, and I know it's a cliche to say it's a cliche, but you, you never really know. It, it could be something big. You never know when that really big sale is going to come in on off that general line and something that could make or break your season, something that could make or break your goal. So I'd say what the Tigers are really looking for the most at the end of the day is, you know, not only grit, somebody that's going to be, able to come in and work hard, but coachability, somebody that's going to be able to take their lessons when you know they may not be doing something right, accept it, move on and try and be better the next day. And I really like what you said there, uh, talking about grit. And of course, we got to talk about Dan Campbell there for a second with the Lions and their playoff run. But um, it, that's really all it is in sales. You know, you didn't mention anything about, you know, education or particular traits or things like that. It's just the ability to continue to move forward and continue to give your best effort. Now, obviously, there's things that you need, you know, um, I mean, there's there's a strategy and, and steps and a process to sales. And you want to be able to be a good communicator and ask questions and listen and all and all those things. And that's great. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. I mean, it really is just, okay, hey, I lost, I struck out on that one to, to you know, pardon the pun. But that next call, you have no idea what you may get into. So, you know, for you, can you give an example of maybe a win that you've had in your career that maybe kind of came out of the blue or was just a result of you just continuing to persist in the, in the face of uh, adversity? So I worked with a group or attempted to work with a group about two years ago. It was a cardiovascular uh, organization. It was a healthcare organization. They had reached out to us, uh, put in a request for some information for for a group outing. And despite my reaching out, you know, via email, phone call, text message, what have you, uh, I got absolutely no response. Got absolutely nowhere. After a little while, I just talked about a term, broke up with them. I said, you know, hey, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I see this is probably just not going to be the best fit feel free to save my contact information. You know, if, if anything happens in the meantime, just give me a ring, happy to be in contact for you over here with the team. Fast forward about eight or nine months, I get a call and an email from a colleague of hers mm -hmm. uh, from another cardiovascular organization that worked in, you know, like in Ann Arbor. And they reached out to me for about, I want to say it was about 300 tickets. I, rem I remember her, her question. She said, I had... $15,000 in my budget. What can you do for me? I have $15,000. I have about 300 people. What can you do? And I said, well, I can do a lot. Let's mm -hmm. sit down and have a conversation. And we were able to bring out her entire crew for a fantastic night against the Houston game. They absolutely loved it. And they had a, had a, had a blast. And, you know, that story really reminds me of what I talk about with our students now. Un unfortunately, you kind of 
you graduated and moved on before I really was able to kind of refine uh, the capstone, at least for the fall, like the, the golf outing has stayed pretty standard, but you know, for the fall, we partnered with the Detroit uh, Pistons in a ticket sales class. And that's one of the things I tell students, cause I've had the same experience in my career when I was selling sponsorships in baseball. Um, like, you know, you may get a no and they may want to move on and, and not be interested. Give the information anyway, you know, Hey, if you can refer me to somebody else, maybe you can use it down the line. Don't just hang up and be like, okay, well, thank you. And then leave it at that. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're not interested here. Take my information because you never know who knows somebody and hey, this isn't a good fit for me, but you know, somebody else, they may hear that um, somebody's in the market for Pistons tickets, for Tigers tickets, and all of a sudden you're getting a call. So um, again, it just goes back to what you're talking about is just kind of being persistent in a professional way. Right. And just uh, having a little bit of grit about you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you always want to be maintain that professional persistence and you want to be respectful. But at the same time, you know, if, if there's something that you can do for somebody, you want to you, you want to try and do it. Yep. So now at the big league level. So now you're at the, the pinnacle of baseball of, of the sport. What does a normal day look like? So you're in your office and you've got your office portion of it. And then on a game day as well, and you're not pulling tarp anymore, but you know, what's it look like on the office side of things and then in the game day. So on the office side of things, I'm generally in the office um, roughly seven 30 in the morning, every day, game day or, or not really. Um, I get in the morning and I, I prospect. I'm I'm always finding, trying to find my own leads. I'm trying mm-hmm. to find different businesses, churches, schools, nonprofit organizations, youth sports leads, different things that I think can use the Tigers platform for not only their own benefit, but you know, get them out of here to come watch, you know, professional baseball. After that, no, it's really schedule dependent. I'm running different call blocks, reaching out to people, trying to you know maintain steady numbers reaching out to folks, um, set, setting and booking meetings for different prospective clients, trying to see what fits for them. On a game day, that makes it a little bit more interesting. If it's an evening game, that day-to-day office is, is fairly similar. When the evening starts, that's when it generally starts to pick up. I'm reaching out to a lot of those evenings clients, making sure, hey, do you have your tickets? Are you able to access them? Hey, this is when you need to be at the ballpark. This is when your party space is going to open up. I just want to make sure, hey, is everything okay? Do we need to add anything? Do we need to change anything? Is, is everything running smoothly? From there, when the gates open up, I'll go down, I'll meet my folks. I'll bring them up to their party spaces. I'll make sure everything's running smoothly. I'll go visit people, try and swing by my desk on occasion, grab a sip of water if I can. And, and I'm running around the ballpark. I'm trying to make sure everybody's firing on all cylinders. Everybody's got a smile on their face. Everybody's happy. If I have any fan experiences going on prior to the start of the game, that's always a big priority for me because I want to make sure those are you know executed perfectly as best I can. And I'm usually I usually don't stop moving until around the fifth, sixth, or seventh inning. In your title there with the Tigers, you're the group sales account executive. So yes. um, I'm you're mostly focused on groups and getting you know what um, parties of like ten or more coming to games. Is that basically what your focus kind of day to day is? That's definitely my focus. One of the cool things about uh, my job, if I'm being transparent here, is I can sell full menu. So I do okay. uh, not only new business but groups and, or groups but new business uh, premium, you know, inventory as well. So the whole shebang. 
Okay, so it could be a matter then somebody like calls you and, and, you know, maybe it goes down the group route, but then you're kind of talking and they're like, you know, actually, I, I think maybe maybe we want a suite or maybe we want something a little bit more kind of a premier package because we're bringing clients out to a game and you've got yeah. the ability to sell all that. Okay. The whole thing. Excellent. So when you started out with the Tigers, the Tigers are, people may not know this, but um, them and the in the Red Wings, they're owned by the same ownership group, right? Village mm -hmm. Sports. And so when you started, you started in their Inside Sales Academy, is that correct? And then mm -hmm. um, where did it go from there? Were you selling both teams? Did you get an opportunity to pick which one you wanted to go to? Like, how does that work with, with Illich in, in particular? So I did sell for both teams. Um, I was in their January class and they had me kind of bouncing in between both. The time I came in, it was it was a high time for the Red Wings. We were getting ready to uh, get going for you know signups for Red Wings season tickets. So that, that was a big focus for them. The Tigers were, it was January, so the Tigers were in a little bit of a lull. Mm -hmm. you know, not many people were focused on baseball. So we wanted to, and there was also a strike looming. So we wanted to, or the lockout looming. So we wanted to really focus everybody on hockey. So that was, that was the big focus. April rolled around and my direct report at the time, after conversations with the VP of the Tigers, uh, came over to my desk and just said, Hey, how would you feel about a group sales role here with the Tigers? And I said, I'll be honest with you. I hadn't really thought about it. I I'd always thought, thought myself more towards new business with the Red Wings. Mm -hmm. That was where I really found myself enjoying being. I just, I didn't spend a plethora of time over at Comerica Park, but I got over here to the ballpark for an interview and I met with the uh, manager of ticket sales and I had a great interview. He really liked what I had to say. I really liked what he was talking about for the team and we are. Okay. And is that kind of the normal route that, that you know of with these programs where you kind of start off kind of in inside sales, you're making a lot of calls per day. And then if you're successful, you get to kind of, you know, have a, have a say or, or maybe kind of leaned in one direction on like maybe group sales or, or premium sales or ticket sales, or, or I'm sorry, um, full season ticket sales, things like that. I'll be honest with you, I can't really speak to any of the organizations aside from this one. I know that they will definitely try and best find the best fit for you and take what you really want into an account. I know what I initially thought was going to be best for me was I, I enjoyed the people that I was I was around and I enjoyed the space that I was in. Mm -hmm. My boss at the time looked at that and said, hey, I want to push this kid and I want him to be the best that he can be. So he took me in a place that I was, put me in a place that was new, and that may have been a little bit uncomfortable for me at the time, and said, I, I want you to make it work. I want to see what you can do and go make something out of it. So what was your training like? You know, I mean, they're hiring people to come in, you know, maybe with a little bit of background in sales, but not like a, a huge experience. And obviously you're coming in with, with your capstone experience, the sales championship, and then the Fisher Cats, which was huge. Um, but once you get there, I mean, they've got to train you up a little bit. So what does that look mm -hmm. like, um, especially like with the Tigers Red Wings? So we had about a two week onboarding process, you know, working through our process, working through different ways to operate different things, different objections, just general sales training, stuff like that, and different procedures, different ways to operate the systems, uh, learning to operate different ticketing software and the CRM system can be a fun training 
in and of itself. So there were there were days where you just we're going to take a day. We're going to learn the ticketing software. We're going to learn the ticketing system. We're going to learn the CRM software. And that, that's quite honestly what a lot of it was. We we took the time. We learned the sales process. We learned how to sell people. And when we took time, we learned how to battle objections. And we, we, we learned from the beginning. My, my time with the Fisher Cats definitely helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. But we started from the very beginning. You know, you've been in this, what, two years now? Almost three? Uh, it's going to be my third season coming up. Okay, so we're we're going into season number three here in just a couple of months. Where do you think you've come the farthest in um, in your professionalism, your your ability to sell? Like, where have you seen the greatest gains? That's a tough question. Um, I'd honestly say my my ability to sell. It's really fun when you can see somebody that's kind of on the fence about something and you can kind of see that little bit of a glimmer in, in their eye and you say, I, I want to do this. And you can take that glimmer and you can just make it grow. Yeah. yeah. You can point out all the really fun things and go, hey, I can see in your eye, this is something that you really want to do. I'm going to point out all the awesome reasons why this is something that you really should do. Well, reading people, just, it's huge. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a really fun experience and it's a really fun time. And at the end of the day, it's a really great feeling when you can walk back to your office and you can just say to yourself, I just did that. At the end of the day, you're not you're not like a shady car salesman. You're right. not trying to rook people out of their money. You're not putting sawdust in the transmission, make it run quieter. You're helping people get out and watch baseball. They they just want to go have have some fun. You know, you're selling the experience. You know, it's mm-hmm. not you know, hey, you know, come and and watch the team because you know the Tigers have have struggled if we're if you're looking at the record. Um, but you know, it's a great experience coming out to Comerica Park and everything that goes along um, with that. And so. Along those lines, what do you think the Tigers do really well in their ticket sales process? You know, because again, it can be hard, you know, selling teams that haven't been successful on the field, on the court, on the ice. And how do you kind of maybe get over that hump? Or what have you seen the Tigers organization like, man, you know, we may not have the record on the field to show success, but in the ticket sales office, Boy, these are the things we do really well to make sure fans come to the games. You know, starting with the fans, I think we do have extremely dedicated fans, people who do believe in this organization, this franchise, and people who want to see it succeed at the end of the day. People who come out to opening day every year, they show out in force, you know, wearing the old English D, and they love this franchise at the end of the day. They, they believe in the story that we're telling, and they're, they're believing in it more and more. Now, what I think we do really well is I think that we do a phenomenal job of bringing people down here to the ballpark. Now, I'm a firm believer of, you know, telling someone something over the phone or writing it in an email is fantastic. But when you can have someone down here and I'm going to tell you, Brandon, that's something that I tell a lot of folks. I don't know if you've ever walked around a 42,000 person stadium where it's just you, me and the birds, mm-hmm. but it's pretty cool. Yeah. And when you can get them down there and you can walk them from, you know, the tunnel down through the, the visitors dugout, you know, onto the warning track, and you can just take a step up and you can look at it. It's pretty impressive. Oh, absolutely. And you know, we brought a group of students out last year, and, and you're very kind enough to give us a, a tour really before things got going, and we were kind of down on the lower level. Um, I've got to do this in Milwaukee as well, but you kind of get down to almost field level there and just kind of look out, and it's like wow, this is pretty big. <laughs> this is pretty cool. I mean, you know, especially as a kid growing up playing baseball and, you know, your one day is to play in the major leagues, you know, you kind of get a sense just 
this is going to kind of be a bad word, but just kind of the awesomeness of being in that environment, just because it's so mm -hmm. big, you know, it's just dedicated to baseball. There's nothing else going on. Um, it does. I mean, you know, and, and again, I'm a baseball fan, so I'm kind of, you know, fangirling a little bit, but I think it was kind of breathtaking personally. Oh yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. It's one of those things where some people say you lose it. And I've, I've tried really hard not to, and I think I've been successful about trying not to get for lack of a better term. I don't know if this is the right word, but blase, like you don't really mm -hmm. care yep. um, about, Hey, yeah, you work in baseball and it's okay. It's just your office. I have one of the coolest offices in the world yep. and it's, it's really awesome. You know, I, I get to go to, I get to go to Comerica park every single day. I get to go work in a professional baseball stadium every single day. And if you can maintain that in yourself, it can help convey that to the people that you're talking to, because it's really hard to sell something that you don't believe in. And I, I think that's great perspective, especially for baseball, because there's so many games. They're so long. Like I remember working in baseball, you know, same thing. Hey, I'm in there early in the morning. I'm doing all my calls. I'm there till five game starts at seven. And, you know, we're getting to the ninth inning and I'm just like, man, I don't care if we win or lose, just please don't go into extras. You do have to kind of take a, a step back and have that perspective. Like, hey, well, I'm at the ballpark. I mean, it could be mm -hmm. a whole lot worse. Right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, final thing before we let you go, kind of, again, being a Trine alum and, and being in the, the steps of these students that might be listening just a few years ago, you know, if you could go back and give some advice to these students what would it be, especially if they want to break into sports on any level? Because not everybody wants to be in sales. Um, mm -hmm. Or if you just want to keep it sales specific, like any advice that you would like to give them? Honestly, uh, it, as corny as it sounds, be that guy. Be that guy that shows up early. Be that guy that stays late. And if you're going to push a trade or two that really you know, screams, hey, I, I want this, it, it's going to be coachability and it's going to be grit because – uh, a fantastic GPA is great. A fantastic GPA is, is one of those things that you're going to be able to hold on to for the rest of your life. And, and, and I applaud you for it. But at the end of the day, that's it, going to stop when you leave college. You can teach a GPA. You can learn, study. You can do all those things for a GPA. Coachability is something that you have to teach yourself. And it's something that you have to realize, hey, if this is something that I want, this is something that I have to have within myself. And this is the same goes for grit, that level of, Hey, if this is what, if this is something that I want to do, I'm going to have to go work for it. And there are going to be hard days where I'm just going to have to go grind and for lack of a better term, embrace the suck and just go is what it is. If, if working in sports is something that you are really wanting to do, and, and it's something that you're wanting to be successful in, just go be willing to do the work. And the beautiful thing, both of those things, they're coachable, you know, coachability and grit. Um, you don't need special education skills, training, anything like that. Um, it's just a matter, I think, of, of kind of want to and, and being mm -hmm. willing to kind of put yourself out there. So um, two great recommendations there from uh, Jackson Billings, who is the group sales, one of the group sales account executives with the Detroit Tigers. And again, an esteemed Trine University Sport Management alum who uh, we're very proud of. Jackson, thank you so much for your time and, and joining us on the podcast today. Thank you very much, Brandon. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to check out our next episode on February 9th as we replay our annual featured speaker talk with Vice President of Potter Sports Group, Garrett Martz.
As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you like what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and X at Trine CSS, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.